Edmonton Eskimos podcast coming to you from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. My name is Mark Majot. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't believe the regular season is almost wrapping up. We've had a ton of fun putting on this podcast for you this year. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and rate. And if you like the podcast, tell a friend. It's not every day you're joined by a president on the podcast, but today... We are joined by President Chris Presson, the newest president and CEO of your Edmonton Eskimos. He officially took over on September 1st. He's been on the job for about two months now, getting comfortable in the office. So we're going to chat with Chris about his rise to the CFL, all his stops before he got to the CFL, and there's a few of them. He's going to drop some of the names of the teams he worked for, and I want you to pay close attention because there are some small towns with some awesome team names. So without further ado, my conversation with the president and CEO of the Eskimos, Chris Presson. Also, we're happy to unveil some new potential treats for season ticket holders in 2020. Well, Chris, welcome to the Eskimo podcast. I have to admit, uh, we got pretty comfortable using your office as our studio before you arrived. That's so awesome. I'm glad you did. Well, I showed up one day and the door was locked and the locks were changed. So I guess <laughs> it was for a good reason. Welcome to Edmonton, man. Thank How, you. How's your first seven or eight weeks been so far? You know, it's uh, the proverbial term of drinking from the fire hose yeah. could not be more true in this case. That's what I've done every day, all day. And, uh, you know, it's what I expected. It's part of my job. And that's uh, one of the reasons I came here. Got a pretty good view here from your office. I know you've been working with sports now for your basically your entire professional life, but do you get to sit in the stands and be a fan very often? Never. Never? I really don't. Unfortunately, uh, when I'm at our games in particular, I'm trying to take in so much, right? I'm trying to watch the play on the field. I'm trying to take in how the fans are reacting to certain things we are or are not doing. And so uh, while I'm watching the game, it's really hard for me to enjoy it because I have so many thoughts throughout the entire process. But I do love sports. There are times when if I'm out of town, I'll go to a, a game of choice uh, regardless of sport, and that's when I enjoy it. You're from Oklahoma, correct? Mm -hmm, I am. How does a kid from Oklahoma end up the president in the, in the CFL? You know, a long and winding road. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got into the business because I, again, am a sports freak. Mm -hmm. And uh, in college, I had to do a project, and thankfully, I had a good professor that pushed us, and that same project landed me an internship, and uh, I just worked my way up like everyone else, and I was very strategic with the opportunities that I had, and then when I got into those opportunities, I made the most of them. What was your first, you said you're a sports freak, what was your first sports memory growing up? Wow, uh, that's be, hard to say. Could be watching, could be playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I played all through... Um, you know, when I was a kid, and I loved that. I probably liked baseball at the time the most. However, uh, I really began to enjoy every sport at every level, and I still do. So, I mean, I enjoy junior hockey as much as I do the Oilers. I enjoy G League basketball as much yeah. as I do the NBA, and I enjoy high school sports as much as I do the professionals. So, uh, I'm an equal opportunity consumer when it comes to sports. You went to Oklahoma State, correct? I did. My wife and I met at Oklahoma oh, no State. Way. Okay. Yeah, we both graduated from Oklahoma State. I'm from the Tulsa area. She's from the Oklahoma City area. Stillwater's right in between those two. So we had a fantastic time. Uh, to us, other than Edmonton, it is without question the greatest place on earth. I imagine you're a big Barry Sanders fan, or you I'm have a big, a big appreciation for Mr. Sanders. I am a big Barry Sanders fan. Uh, I was there when he won the Heisman Trophy. Oh, no uh, okay. Yeah, one of my friends was working for the football team at the time, and he was doing bed checks and kind of the administrative duties. So I had the privilege of meeting him on multiple occasions the year he won the Heisman, and I always carry those memories with me. Are you aware of the Edmonton connection to OSU right now? There's a pretty good Edmontonian who's the running back for OSU right now in Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I follow Chuba all the time. I watch all their games. I'm so proud of him. I wish the team had performed better in terms of wins and losses, yep. but for him – 
what a great statement. And the picture behind you on the wall is another great Oklahoma State player and a great Eskimo and a Darius Bowman. Absolutely. So. Uh, that's why I put that on my wall. It's a, a very good photo to have here. Um, you mentioned you kind of started in college, got a op- project and kind of started from there. But do you recall what your first job in sports was? I was an intern uh, from a PR standpoint because I have a journalism mm-hmm. degree with a with a specialty in communication. So that's how I started. Uh, and then again, I took the first opportunity to get paid, which was as a ticket manager. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I wanted to do. Then from there, I was forced to sell. I did not want to sell, but I did it because I was asked to and forced to and uh, had some success there. And then uh, became sort of the liaison between the front office and the team was my next step. And then I got promoted to uh, my own team and starting a new team from scratch. So just kind of matriculated my way from the bottom to the top and had a goal of doing it in six years and fortunately was able to go from the bottom to the top in five. A lot of Edmontonians know you coming from from uh, Arizona. That was where you came most recently before that. And Arizona's got a striving sports team. They have all four of the majors. It's a big college. There's a couple of colleges, I believe, in that area. Uh, what's it like trying to keep up when you're not the Arizona Cardinals or the Phoenix Suns or the one of the the top dogs there. Definitely a challenge. Uh, not only do we have those four major league teams, and, and what you mentioned, we had a WNBA team, we had the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which from a golf perspective is one of the most fun events you can go to all year. We had the Super Bowl and or the Final Four seemingly every two or three years. Uh, so we had to remain relevant. We did it with price point. Um, you know, we have an owner that lets us be extremely flexible in Arizona. And, uh, you know, we won a lot of games as well, and certainly that helped. We went 15-0 and last year, got beaten the championship game at home. Uh, so, again, when you win a ton of games like that, people are interested in your product. For sure. And that's it's like that. Is that something that's fairly consistent no matter what country you're in or what league you're working in? Winning will win people over, for lack winning of Winning does terms? cure most everything. Yes. I can say that. I've been on teams that have not won very many games, and I've been on teams that have not lost very many games, and certainly the frequency and attendance between the two is much greater when you win games. When you're watching games, I know you're busy kind of seeing how fans are reacting, but do you live and die with the team you're working with at the time? Like I do. If, if it's a win, you're right fired up, and if it's a loss, you have a hard time waking up? Absolutely, yeah. I do. I ha- have a hard time going to sleep regardless because if we lose, I'm still thinking about various things. If we win, <laughs> same thing. I'm thinking about various things. And when, when we go on the road, it's the same appetite for success and thus the same loss of sleep uh, if we don't win games. You mentioned you were able to kind of start a team from scratch and build it from the ground up. That's a huge project that not a lot of presidents, GMs, coaches get that opportunity to do. How difficult, was it more difficult than you anticipated to really start a, a franchise from scratch? You know what? I, I don't think it was. I've, I've had the, the good opportunity to do it at least a handful of times, most recently with the Phoenix Suns, where I built their G League team from scratch, and I launched that team from nothing. Uh, we didn't even have a basketball court, for example. So that's the fun part of what I do. And when you get that opportunity, it's such a great learning experience as well. The first time I did it was in 1997 in Topeka, Kansas. I launched a minor league hockey team at the time called the Topeka Scarecrows. Uh, same thing. I had no employees, no team colors, no team name, no players, no coach, no nothing. We didn't even have ice-making capabilities in the arena, and uh, that was one of the greatest learning experiences yeah. I've ever had. What was the f- what's the first phone call you make when you're starting something from scratch? Uh, at that point, I'm just trying to get the office set up, yeah. so I'm just trying to get materials. I'm trying to understand who it is I'm working with in terms of the facility, and then typically I use those people for that direction because wherever I've gone and had a chance to do it, I'm, I'm new to town just like I am here, so I'm looking for guidance 
from those that have been there quite some time. And I imagine the way that technology has changed makes it a little easier. You mentioned 1997. We didn't have cell phones tonight, or we did, but they weren't what they are now. So I imagine being able to do a lot of that from the computer in your pocket also makes life a little bit easier. It's such a great point. Um, and to that end, my first job as an intern where I was not getting paid, I was sending out statistics as a part of that role after every single hockey game for the team I was working for. And I had to do it by fax and I had to do it one at a time. And we had at the time, I think 35 places that we had to send it to after the game. And then I had to get in my car from Oklahoma City and drive back to Stillwater, which was about an hour and a half drive. So that said, just doing it that way would take me two and a half hours after the game. Uh, now you just put it on your computer and hit send and every, it, it goes out in 11 seconds, you know. So it's diabolically different for sure. And the ability to execute with speed is much greater. You mentioned helping launch the Arizona franchise in the, the G League, formerly the D League in the NBA. Did you find you got lots of help from maybe not others in your position, but did, like, did, did the NBA help you out? Did the league try to push you in the right direction? Or did they say you're going to sink or swim regardless of what happens? No, they give you a good template to go okay. by. And again, fortunately, I had done that so many other times and so many other places that sport to sport, the information still translates. Uh, but the NBA is a machine. They provide such abundant information, not only in how to start a business, but in how you run your business and then the analytics behind it, both from the business side and from the from the sports side as well. So it's uh, it was a great experience for me. I did it for three years and uh, certainly learned a ton. It must have been pretty cool. I feel the NBA in the last maybe five or six years has really skyrocketed. It's always been a popular league, but in the last four or five years, I find it's maybe almost taken a, a stranglehold, whereas the NBA offseason never really stops, and you're still a part of that, building up the G League. But did you notice that when you are part of it, like this rocket's just taken off? Yeah, 100%. And they invest so much in their employees and in their league and in how they educate those that work within the league, both, again, on the business side and on the sports side. And, um, you know, I, I never thought I would be in the same room with, you know, Mark Cuban and, okay. and Michael Jordan and all of Vivek Randavik, who owns the Kings, and um, so many other people. So every owner in the NBA I uh, was in the same room with for a technology conference, and uh, I learned so much from all of them. And you understand why they're owners, because they have such depth that you don't see. When you see an interview with Mark Cuban on TV, you know he's fun, you know he's eccentric, you know he's gregarious, but you really don't understand the knowledge he has. And the, that runs the gamut for every NBA owner. Sure. When they put him on a platform and put him in a – on a stage and they're talking about about something specific the depth of intelligence is really impressive when this job opened up in edmonton what was appealing about moving your family up to the cfl and starting this new challenge uh the brand um the depth of the eskimo brand the history the tradition uh the city the people within the city uh the chance to live in in canada certainly as an American, I, I do love the United States, but you know, for me, it's a lot about the journey. And um, this was, uh, again, I felt a part of that journey. And uh, again, I just felt the opportunities were great here. And uh, that's why I made the choice. I'm, you were aware of the CFL, obviously working in pro sports, but was there anything that surprised you when you first came up north to, oh, this is how they do things here? You know, not necessarily. It certainly is a big adjustment yeah. when you're using different currency. Um, there's a different governmental system. Uh, kilometers to miles, Celsius <laughs> yeah. to Fahrenheit, or vice versa. You know, certainly those are big changes that you don't really think about until you get here. And then just the functionality of life is different. The way of life is a bit different, and uh, it's not abundantly different, but it, it's from an American's perspective, oh, sure, it's yeah. noticeable. 
And so it has been an adjustment for me. There's no question about it. It's been probably more difficult than I would have thought simply because my family's not here. And uh, that makes it more challenging when you're 2,000 miles from your wife and three girls. So once they get here, I'm sure it'll be a, a different set of rules. I like to always ask the players who are new to Edmonton, what's their craziest interaction with a fan? I don't know if you've had one yet, but the fans in Edmonton are incredibly passionate. You get, I'm sure you get recognized as much as Trevor Harris gets recognized out at, at the grocery store. Have you had any, any run-ins with fans yet? You know, it's interesting you asked me that because I was talking to a friend of mine from Oklahoma this morning, and he asked me, he said, have any of the fans cussed you out yet? <laughs> and I said, no, nobody's cussed me out yet, but they certainly give me their opinion. And his response was, you know what, that's great because you need them. And I thought, you know what, what a what a great response to uh, being cussed out at the grocery store, which I haven't. But if I was, he said, at least they care. And mm-hmm. that's a great point. I mean, I would rather have someone that cares cuss me out than not have anybody approach me at the grocery store. So I thought my friend had it. Uh, very apropos response. You mentioned the brand was one of the reasons why you wanted to come up north to the CFL. But again, similar to any surprises, did you know that? You know, in this league, we're biased because we're sitting in an office, but the Eskimos are regarded as one of the upper-tier franchises in the Canadian Football League. That had to have sway you, of course, right? 100% it did, and I talked to a number of people about Canada, about Edmonton, about the Eskimos, and having done hockey for almost 20 years. Well, not almost. I did hockey for 20 years. Um, You know, I have a lot of friends in Canada, for all all across Canada, and uh, I asked a ton of people what they thought, and all – uh, said positive things. I, I couldn't find one person that said a negative thing. And again, that's uh, it's a big belief in me. Bill Scott, who works for the Edmonton Oilers, manages the salary cap. Uh, he and I were in the same city at different times. He has an American wife. Clearly, I'm American with an American wife. And uh, he was a big key component in me taking the job because he had such great things to say about the city and the people, and I trust him. You mentioned your, your family's away right now. Uh, how old? You have three daughters, correct? I do. How old are they? 18, 15, and 14. So I have a university uh, freshman at Arizona State. Okay. I have a, a grade tenner and a grade niner. Both of my, my two youngest that I just mentioned both go to the same uh, high school, uh, fairly close to where we live. We live in Queen Creek, Arizona, which is a suburb of, of Phoenix. Okay. It's, it's about as far east as you can go in Phoenix and still be in Phoenix. Uh, but it's a great place, and so is this, though. I, I imagine... Well, especially at that age, it's probably pretty hard for you to be away from your family right now, is it, right? Yeah, it is. It's a challenge. What I find is when I have free time, that's when I struggle. Yeah. Um, because as a... As have you a, had free time yet since you started? You know, only on Thanksgiving. Okay. So because, again, of my American status, you know, Canadian Thanksgiving is celebrated at, at a, a different early, time. Yeah. So I was here for that Sunday and that Monday, and that was a, that was a struggle for me mm-hmm. uh, because that's the first time I've had free time and downtime to process my thoughts and think and... You know, you think about a lot of things and you think, man, am I being a bad dad because I'm not with my kids? Am I being a bad husband because I'm not with my wife? And, you know, then you make the call to your family and you realize they understand. They all understand it's a part of the process as well, but it doesn't make you feel any different as a husband and a father that you're, again, 2,000 miles away from home. And we mentioned... uh technology or earlier 20 years ago you'd have to call a landline and hope they were near it now you could facetime them and have a face-to-face conversation with that's them. that's right and that's what i did on thanksgiving awesome. day and after about the sixth facetime call my wife said okay chris this is <laughs> this is crazy there's nothing wrong we're fine you're fine don't call anymore this is the sixth call so that gave me some uh, reprieve from my mental struggle at that particular time. We have one more home. As we record this, the Eskimos have one more home game. They're taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There's some fun stuff planned for the 2020 season, but you mentioned you've been here for about two months' time. 
you've seen this building packed. You you obviously want to see more people in, but what have your thoughts of Commonwealth Stadium for a game day experience so far? You know, I think it's great, but I think we can do better. Um, we have a planning meeting uh, here in the next couple of days with our senior leadership team to come up with various ideas and a plan for really the next five years. Uh, so we'll come up with the, the, the bones of that plan, and then we'll build it out over the next two months, and we'll present it to our board in December. Uh, that said, I, I love the experience. I mean, it's a great stadium. Uh, but, again, I think we can change things up. I think it's, it has become a bit static, and uh, we want to make sure that we're delivering on, you know, what the expectation of the fan is as we go forward because we, we want to make sure we keep the tra traditions and we are respectful to those fans that have been with us 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But we also want to draw new customers as well. And that's something you mentioned. You, they're season ticket holders that have been – season ticket holders longer than we've been alive, you know, and some of those stops you've had, maybe that hasn't had that. How hard is it to balance the 50-year season ticket holder and the person who's buying for, for the very first year? It's certainly a challenge um, because of where everyone is in life. Um, those that have had tickets for 30, 40, 50 years, they don't want the loud music. Those yeah. that are just coming to the games three times a year, they want the loud music, and it is hard to balance that because everyone has an opinion, and we want to be loyal to those that have been loyal to us. By the same token, we have to find a way to find that happy medium. We haven't done it yet, and uh, it's not something that we're going to figure out overnight or probably into next year, but we'll try a, a variety of things as we go into next year to kind of erase that line and draw symmetry between the two groups and see if we can find a common ground. For, uh, there's gonna At the time of this podcast launching, there's going to be more information on the Eskimos website, but there's going to be some perks for some new season ticket holders in uh, the 2020 season. Was that something that was really important to you when you first got in, got your feet wet, saying, these are a couple of things I'd like to tweak right away? I think so. As I listen to the people that have been here much longer than me, you know, I, I'm certainly someone that likes to take information. One of the things that you'll learn about me is even though I've done this so long, I don't claim to know anything. Mm -hmm and everything. Um, but I listen to people that have the knowledge I don't, and I learn something new every day. That was the case internally here. And um, I realized we had not a great enough disparity between benefits from uh, our top level member to what you would consider an entry point person. And so we tried to, to create that disparity and provide more benefits of value that people truly saw value within. And it's still a work in progress. Yeah, sure. um, it's something that we'll We'll tweak every year until we get it right, but I think we're on the right track. How hard is it to balance the end of 2019 and looking forward to the start of 2020? Because there's still, hopefully, a lot more football to be played. But however, as a president, you have to keep an eye on 2020 and also 2021. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to come in toward the tail end of the season because if not, I would be that much further behind next season. I've uh, been able to watch several games here. I've been on the road um, just about every game, and I'm going to Saskatchewan next weekend. I'll be in, uh, in Montreal as well. Uh, so I've seen some good experiences. I've had great experiences, and what I've taken in this year has shown me a lot, and it's given me the dexterity to go into next year and, and plan accordingly. There'll be more info on esks.com for tickets. That'll, that'll be launching this week, but some great perks for new season ticket holders. Chris, I know you're pressed for time, so I just want to wrap up with just some fun questions, kind of get to know you. You mentioned you're by yourself right now. Uh, Thanksgiving was rough, but how do you spend downtime? Are you a Netflix guy? You mentioned you're a sports fan. Are you watching whatever is on TV? I have done some Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I'm very cheap, so I don't have cable, but I do have Netflix. So I've watched um, Last Chance You. Oh, that's a great show. And uh, a couple of other sporting uh, events and I've really enjoyed that you know I cannot I've learned I should say I cannot sit where I'm living and just think it just doesn't work for yeah. me and I also spend a lot of time here in the office on the weekends and last weekend I was here a total of 20 hours I was here 10, 10 hours each day and 
I got a ton of work done. I was able to kick my TV on and watch some college football, including Chuba Hubbard. So um, it was kind of a nice mix for me, and I figured that that works for me, staying in where I'm living and thinking to myself does not. We're in that stretch where it's pretty easy to lose your weekends to football, isn't it? Saturday mornings, you could just plop down on your couch all day and lead right into Sunday night. I imagine you're on airplanes a lot. How do you pass time on airplanes? Are you a reader or a sleeper? Uh, I'm really neither. I don't necessarily like reading. I have a hard time sleeping, so I do a lot of thinking and processing of my thoughts and sending notes on my phone, and I'll get papers out, and I'm still old school when it comes to notes and documents. I don't always put notes in my phone. I sometimes write them down. And I find that that makes three hours, four hours go very, very quickly. And uh, I find it's a very nice time to think as well because you're uninhibited. What was the name of, of, of the uh, Topeka team that you had? The Scarecrows. Scarecrows. You've had a lot of, I, th- I wrote down the Quad City Mallards at some point. You, mm-hmm. What was your favorite team name or uniform that stands out in all of your time in sports? I really liked the Scarecrows. Um, it was a, a name that uh, one of my former bosses actually came up with after I had taken the job and... Uh, that was the most, one of the most creative names that we had great success with. I also did in the same city a team called the Tarantulas. We did not succeed with that name. I had a baseball team that I ran uh, that was called the Wichita Wingnuts. Uh, that was very, very good as well. And uh, I've had so many opportunities and, again, so many places. The Mallards was great, but they were established when I got there. And that is really kind of an iconic minor league hockey mm-hmm. team, and still they still play today. So it's all about fun, right? It's, well, course, uh, it's yeah. about fun within the office and fun within the stands. Is there a portion in your house either in Edmonton or back home with like dedicated to all the former teams you've worked with? Do you have a hat or a logo of everywhere? You know, I have so many framed jerseys. Uh, my wife and I moved four miles from uh, where we are currently living about a year and a half ago. And in our former home, I had a room devoted to nothing but sports. Awesome. And it was all of the past history with all the jerseys and frames that of teams that I've run. And uh, I haven't brought them here yet. Um, it's so robust, to be honest with you. It's kind of hard to deal with. Yeah. But, yes, I do have, and I'm used to having a room either here in the office okay. where I will put them up or at my house. You're a new Edmontonian only about two months now, but have you been to West Edmonton Mall yet? I have. I okay. was here uh, with my wife and girls when we visited before I took the job. And uh, certainly a great experience. It's, it's something. I, I, I give it about six more months, and then you'll hate going there, probably, like Absolutely. the rest of Edmontonians. It's it's kind of the, the, the tourist trap. Well, I'll give you one tip to kind of end this conversation. When your wife and kids do join you, I imagine they'll be flying in, wait at the 7-Eleven by the airport and just have them text you when they land so you <laughs> don't have to pay or just loop around. That's uh, a tip. I've lived here for 30 years. That's the one tip I can give you. Just wait at the 7-Eleven, have them text you when you land. It's, it's that simple. That's actually a great tip, and I've actually used that already. See, there so you go. I appreciate you uh, making sure that I was on that boat. But, yeah, I agree. Totally totally easy to explain and understand. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks for your time. Is there anything you want to tell, you want to tell Edmonton fans before this regular season wraps up? I just up? want to say thank you for making me feel so welcome everyone I have encountered has made me feel exactly that way including this morning where I ordered my coffee at Starbucks the venti size mind you got over to the sugar station to put my sugar in completely knocked it over had a nice lady who was putting sugar in her coffee next to me that said hey don't worry about it it's Friday so (laughs) that being said that's an example that I you know just within three hours that I can give everyone's been so great and welcoming and I, I really appreciate that well, Chris, welcome to Edmonton. I know you've been kind of getting your feet wet for a couple of months. Uh, best of luck moving forward. Best of luck in the offseason. I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thanks so much.